the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, good morning. It's a Friday, fun Friday as normal here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hope you've wrung yourself out a little bit. A lot of rain yesterday. Some areas got up to eight inches. I think here at the uh, the Ellswicks, we did about five and a half inches uh, from about 5 p.m. to about, I don't know, 8 o'clock last night. Uh, it came down in sheets of rain. It was really... Uh, Amazing to stand at the garage door and and watch the the water just come down in sheets and the wind picked up and whatever as uh, the remnants of Hurricane Laura uh, started passing through Arkansas. It's, the, it's still kind of in our state. We'll get a little bit of rain on the back end of it later today, but uh, for the most part, we're done with it. No rain like we had yesterday. I think I heard only one death thus far has been attributed to that storm, which is absolutely amazing to me. Uh, Seems that uh, it was a 14-year-old girl and a tree fell on her house, and she was was killed when that happened. But... Can you? It just amazes me. We have these huge, huge storms now, and we've cut back on deaths that far. It's incredible. All right, we've got a great first hour for you today. Buddy Campbell got a hold of me, and you remember Buddy. He's been on my show, and my, Matt Peace and a lot of other people, because uh, I love movies, and I love talking about what movies are, are being done here in our local area. We've done a lot about God isn't dead and all of that kind of stuff. But Buddy Campbell is uh, joining us today, and we talked about uh, the movie that gave him his break, which was greater. And uh, he got a part in that non-speaking role, so he didn't get his SAG uh, card out of it. But he had been bitten by movies a long time ago, and this is confirmed in his mind. This is what he should be doing. So for the last seven years, he's been pursuing his dream. And i got to tell you what, it's not a dream anymore. It's a reality. So Buddy is here. How you doing, Buddy? You're doing good? I'm doing good. It's a pleasure to be here. Every time I uh, turn around, I'm, I'm reading that uh, you've been cast in some other uh, motion picture. So what was it? You went up to Nashville and did a motion picture up there? Uh, I went to Nashville uh, a couple years ago. Did an episode of the TV show Nashville, just a just a little walk-on part. But I've done several 
project over in East Tennessee with a uh, great director named Linda Lee, and uh, she's been fortunate, or I've been fortunate for her to cast me in several of her projects, and uh, Olivia is going to be joining me in the project we've got with her coming up in uh, in a few months as well. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know Olivia's excited about that, uh, traveling out of state for a project. All right, so does that mean that I'm, I'm going to have to have you and this brand, this new director over in Tennessee on? I mean, look, Alan Lowe is, is sitting in the wings right now. We're going to talk to Alan in a moment. He switched directions <laughs> and went into movies. I mean, he used to be our ghost hunter here in uh, Arkansas with <laughs> Spirit Seekers. That's how he and I got to know each other. We've known each other for over a decade now. It's amazing how long we've known each other. doesn't seem possible. But uh, you started making movies, and you know what? You're 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 doing good at it too, Alan. You're you're moving forward as well. Is that not true? That is true. Thanks to Buddy, he got me in, involved with a, a group out of Birmingham, and it's been moving forward since then. That's fantastic. And uh, Olivia Disney is here. Olivia is Yay. an up and coming, uh, up and coming uh, actress known now for uh, Thandie's Love, Inferno, and currently is in Hot Springs uh, doing streaming Sarah, uh, getting that movie ready as well. How has your life changed, Olivia? How long have you now been in front of the camera? Oh, my goodness. Well, first, good morning. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Sure. Um, I would say uh, I am fairly new to to film. I've always had a passion with theater and performing and acting. Um, but my first film that I auditioned for wasn't until 2015, which was a feature here um, in Arkansas. It was actually a, a pretty good one, Close Calls. Um, you could find it on Amazon. But uh, that was my first ever audition and um, I ended up just being head of costume and wardrobe and I was a a featured extra Uh, but since then I was just it confirmed that this is something I wanted to do and I fell in love with all the things you know within making a movie Um, so I just continued to audition and luckily as Alan had stated Buddy um, we were sitting at a table read for another feature film um, Brian's feature film and he was just like, hey, I need to talk to you. Um, so I was just like, okay, I, I don't, I don't know what we could, I don't know what you want to talk about, but sure. And he pulled me aside and he was like, hey, you know, I have a really great opportunity if you want to audition. Um, I'm associated with an amazing production company, and one of it is Sandy's Love, which is a, a upcoming project, and you fit the description. So let's just see what you can do, and then it has just taken off from there. That's fantastic. I mean. That's what it's all about, uh, buddy. And, yeah. and CJ, I'm not forgetting about you. Don't worry, brother. I'm coming to you. Uh, you're uh, fine. Uh, so, buddy, th- I mean, this is what it's all about. We've just heard about Olivia. We've heard about Alan. It's all, and you. It's all about perseverance. It's all about chasing the dream. It's all about showing up. It's all about doing the work, isn't it? Oh, and that's absolutely correct. Um, if you've got a, if you've got a dream, it's not too late to to pursue it. I was in my 40s when I did my first film and um, never thought it would take off, but I did it, caught the bug again, 
and started taking acting classes, you know, uh, in my 40s and uh, started getting cast in short films and another short film. And it started snowballing after that. And now since 2013, I've been in about 65 projects. So it's never too late to start. Uh, just go out and do it. So I got to ask you, buddy, when people come to your house, do they go, do you really know them? And because they see on your wall, they see a picture you got hanging there. Right. Uh, do they do you have pictures that people just go, you got to be kidding me? Uh don't have a lot of uh, photos hanging around the house. I do have one movie poster I was in for uh, a great uh, horror film called The Boo that uh, Scott McIntyre directed a few years ago that I was oh, great. to be involved in. Uh, but yeah, I don't have... I live in a rural area where uh, I don't get any visitors, so... Uh, but as far as getting comments on Facebook posts and things like that, every time I mention a new project that I'm involved in, I get swarmed with uh, with uh, private messages congratulating me on on the new projects, and it's 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 really humbling to know that people are watching and and, and listening and paying attention to uh, all the stuff that I've been doing. Well, CJ, before we get to our first break, let me bring you into the conversation. I got to get your voice on the air since it's so great. <laughs> uh, tell us, CJ, how how did how did this all bite you? Well, I usually, when I started, I was playing football, wrestling, and I did theater in high school. Somewhere along the lines when I went to college, the urge to continually do sports like football and wrestling just sort of dwindled away, and I continued doing more acting things where I was like, I like to entertain people, but I don't like hurting people. So... The acting bug sort of just started from there, where I just sort of realized I have the need to just entertain people. And so I'm where was co- where was where where was college at? College started at Wasatch Baptist and ended at Henderson. There we go. Okay, local boy. Local. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm loving Home about grown. this. We got local people here. Now, just I, I love having you, you folks on, just because your story is inspiring to what I know is a lot of people who, in the back of their mind, would like to do what you're doing. Um, with Buddy and, and with you, CJ, I was a lot like you. I was kind of a weirdo in, in high school because mm-hmm. I wrote, you know, I wrote, yeah, I wrote for the high school paper. I took pictures of for the yearbook. Uh, I, I played football, uh, basketball and baseball. I played baseball in college and um, nice. I was a, I was a thesmian and I loved being on stage. That's where I really loved being was on stage. And I, um, I went to college and played baseball and uh, did some stuff on stage there, played in Man of La Mancha, things of that nature. But, uh, you know, I never got to pursue. I, I didn't pursue on stage. I pursued on radio is what I did. Radio is nothing but stage in your mind. So it's a lot of fun to do this as well. So, CJ, where are you in the business right now? In the business right now, I am in both filming and stage acting. I kind of just haven't ever stopped. I've 
started since high school and just kept going. Little passion projects with my friends from work, and I'll still do passion projects. It's just I have more opportunities now, and it's a blessing, and I, mm-hmm. I'm just really grateful for it. Okay, so when we come back, you guys are uh, around the um, Arkansas area. Why haven't you moved to Hollywood? That's my next question. We'll talk, we'll talk about that uh, when we come back because the movie industry has changed, and we'll talk to Alan Lowe about that uh, because uh, his story is a, a story of how Hollywood is everywhere now, and it's the same thing with Buddy and Olivia and CJ as well. 617, we've got to get our first break in. Let's do that it's a dave ellswick show it is a friday uh there's going to be some rain today the weather uh, the temperature is going to get up into the 90s it's going to feel like the low 100s before the day's over uh, and so uh, the weather is drying out so stay tuned for good weather and stay tuned for a great rest of this hour as we talk about movies here locally on the dave ellswick show 621, and uh, it is a Friday. That's always a fun Friday for the Dave Ellswick Show. Typically, we talk, you know, the big news stories, big political stories through the week. Today is one of those days where we kind of break away from that. And and right now we're speaking about movies. Uh, At the end of the show today... that had come up at 6.30 tonight. Matt Smith will be on because there's a brand-new movie coming out this weekend with the new Mutants. So we're going to talk about that. Got some other things to talk about as far as movies are concerned as well. Alan Lowe is here. Alan's been on my show many times, but in the, uh, you know, the background of, uh, of chasing uh, ghosts and goblins and stuff of that nature, uh, but he moved into doing movies and... Uh, Alan, I'm going to make you feel old today, brother. Are you ready? Okay. It's not hard to do hard. for either one of us. You know, may, I might even make Buddy feel old on this one. Who who celebrated their 40th birthday yesterday? I don't know. Macaulay, Macaulay Calkin from Home Alone. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> no. Forty years old yesterday, isn't that a? It's hard to believe, wow. but Home Alone came out thirty years ago this year. Oh man, I can't believe that. Yeah. Now I know, I know Olivia's watched that movie <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but know. listen, I have a thing where I just I don't watch a lot of movies, but I did see that one, and oh. that just makes me so old as well. Yeah. yeah, it's old. I mean, I feel old, old. I mean, that was amazing. I saw he had he was talking about turning forty years old, and I went, "You young whippersnappers, shut up, shut up." Yeah. You know, shut yeah. up. Oh. All right. So, Alan, you're 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 down filming in uh, Hot Springs, is that right? That's right, Hot Springs Village. We'll be oh. there this weekend. Tell everybody what you're doing now. Streaming Sarah. It's a okay. uh, paranormal movie about a detective that uh, has help from the other side okay now you know it's, i listened i've had you on my show we've played the you know the, the the interviews that you've done and the sounds and the voices that we've heard and posted video on my facebook and all kinds of stuff and that's usually pretty creepy stuff as is but how hard is it is this is this based on something that happened in your past in one of your 
uh, uh, you know, uh, spirit seeker sessions or whatever? And how hard is it to take something like that and bring in that creepiness on the screen? This is a uh, uh, author from Ohio, I think it is, Jan- Joyce. Uh, it's her book, Come to Life. And okay. I don't know. I don't know if she based it on actual events or not, but it's 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 kind of hard. We've got a really good uh, special effects guy that's going to give us some good show. How tough is it to to bring that to the to the screen? And isn't it amazing? I'm a, I'm a huge horror guy. I mean, a huge horror guy. Horror. I mean, I watch. Yeah, my my favorite uh, website is Bloody Disgusting, just so everybody I know. And uh, I, I just I got to tell you, uh, I, I love to I love to follow this stuff. One of my my greatest uh, dreams is to be a be a dead person in a horror movie. I want to you know, like have my yeah. head cut off or something like that. That would be kind of cool to do something like Probably that. Probably make that happen. You know, so well, if you can, you let me know. You let me know. I'll show up, man. I'll show up with bells <laughs> on my toes. But, the, the, you know, how difficult it is, is it? And horror is so big now. I mean, I, we can name several names. I'll just name one, James Wan. I mean, think about this. Nobody knew who James Wan was, and then he did a movie called Saw. And it changed his life forever. And now he's not just doing horror. He's doing Fast and Furious and a, and a whole lot of other stuff. I mean, I'm sure you're hoping lightning strikes in the bottle for you, too, Alan. I mean, you've had some success, but still, horror seems to be the place to come into this business now. It does. It really does, Mm. yeah. And when I say horror, I I include all horror, you know, House on the Haunted Mm -hmm. Hill and all of that, spook shows and all of that. I'm not just talking about, uh, you know, Saw or or Halloween Kills or anything like that. I'm, I'm just talking about that genre. Because money-wise, you can make a great film, and you don't need a tentpole budget. Is that the is that the key, Alan? That's true. It was horror film. You can scare the pants off someone by, with very little money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> true. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Ask the people who did the uh, the ghost uh, films, uh, paranormal activity and stuff. Yes, actually, that's true. <laughs> I mean, they used. Very little money. I mean, really little money, and it's really, really amazing. Okay, so Buddy, but let me move back to Buddy real quickly, Buddy. Let's, and then I'm going to come back to you, Alan, because I want to talk about streaming Sarah some. But Buddy, let me ask you: uh, Have you done uh, much in the horror genre? I mean, you've done a lot of a Matt Feast uh, kind of stuff up here in Central Arkansas, which means you've had to do some horror. Is, is horror some of your your favorite stuff, or are you more a more lighthearted person? Well, I've uh, done several films with Matt, uh, as you know, but uh, uh, my I mentioned the movie The Boo uh, earlier with uh, Scott McIntyre, and that uh, qualifies as a horror movie. And you know, the the horror label stretches not across uh, uh, slasher movies, but as you know, like, like you were mentioning, psychological horror and so forth. So uh, the, when people hear horror movie, they automatically think slasher, but it encompasses a whole lot more than that. So I've done a few other things. Uh, the, the slasher genre was not anything I was particularly 
uh, involved with uh, but you look up. you would look good behind a William Shatner mask. <laughs> well, I definitely would. I would look good behind any mask. You know, just, to hide, just to hide this face from the public is is. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, horror horror was not anything I really got into much growing up. But I've started getting into it more now since I've been doing a lot of match films and and uh with the shutdown we had working at home and all of that over the past few months i've had a lot more time on netflix to uh watch a lot of classic horror films that i've not seen before huh. uh black christmas and some movies like that that i'd never uh even thought about watching before but with with a lot of time on my hands i was able to see some of those and get a perspective on a lot of that 70s and 80s slasher films as well. The golden age of slasher movies. We'll be back. We'll talk, we might talk a little bit about that, but I'd rather talk about you all. Uh, we've got news coming up. Let me get to that break, and then we're going to come back and talk to Buddy Campbell, Alan Lowell, Olivia Disney, C.J. Bernard, all of them joining us early. They'd rather be in bed, I have to tell you. I would, they'd be lying if they said, well, I'm happy to be up right now talking to Dave Ellswick. But here's the key. They'd like to have their eyes shut and be counting holes in their eyelids. We'll come back after the news. That's next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You're listening to 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, we continue the Dave Ellswick Show, 25 minutes until 7 o'clock here on a fun Friday. And we've got quite a cast of characters on the show today, and I mean a cast. We've got a group of people who are in the movie industry uh, and doing a lot here in the central Arkansas area. Uh, Buddy Campbell, who's been on my show uh, several times before, has joined us. Alan Lowe is here, and Alan's been here on in many instances talking about uh, spirit seekers and and now talking about movies that he's uh, making a couple of new people with us today olivia disney is here and cj bernard is here and it's good to have them with us as well so i had men- made mention that hollywood is everywhere now and uh, i'd like you guys to talk about that uh, can you live here in in arkansas and still have a very thriving and successful, uh, you know, career as an artist? Or do you have to go out to Hollywood and be there at least sometimes and deal with all the, 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 the wackiness out there? I mean, they call it, Holly, they call it Holly weird for a reason out there. Um, yeah, I, I can tell you I did a lot of work when I was in the military out there because I worked uh, on film sets like Top Gun and things of that nature to make sure people were wearing mili- the military un- uh, so uniforms cool. correctly and stuff. And and I got tired of seeing. I got tired of hearing. And let's see if they're still saying it now. Love you, babe. Do they say that still out there? <laughs> do they still lo- do they still say love you, babe? And let's do lunch. Do they say that to you a lot out there still? As well, I've heard someone say that to me before. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's incredible. Love you, babe. Yeah, okay. See you later. Get the hell out of my life. Anyway, <laughs> the bottom, bottom line, it's a it's a weird place. But can you can you have a thriving, energetic career 
and you know do your your uh, your calls and stuff from right here in central arkansas so let's start with the two youngest folks that are with us let's <laughs> let me start with olivia disney D- L- olivia yeah. you've shown that evidently you can live in arkansas and and be successful on uh, yes Yes, and I want to say that's really all I know because I didn't fall in love with film until after I moved here. Um, So I've only been to Arkansas. Um, I would say that every opportunity I've been incredibly grateful for. So I look at it a little bit different. Um, I'm I'm not, like, measuring myself by success or anything. I'm just figuring out what – casting calls do are applicable to me and do I want to be a part of the project does it sound fun etc etc so that's when you make your decision to go ahead and an audition for it um and I have found so many projects that there have been talented writers on it and talented directors on it just here in Arkansas whether it be short films for you know UCA or whether it be like big time local directors like Scott McIntyre or Matt Speed or you know whatever the case may be uh there are so many opportunities that I feel like a lot of people wouldn't have anticipated um I think though as far as making sure that you continue to stay busy opening up your um, availability and range and willingness to travel is going to set you um, apart from, you know, just maybe being landlocked. I don't know if that would be the correct term for it, but um, at some point you are going to want to do something a little bit different um, and then maybe be a little bit busier. And I think that's the time that you would just travel to local areas like Memphis or um, Birmingham, which is where we (laughs) discovered Planet Music or, um, you know, just any of the surrounding states. But I don't think that you have to go to Hollywood just to, you know, to get a a really amazing opportunity because that's what we've all found here um, in the central Arkansas area with Sandy's Love. What about you, CJ? Literally everything she just said is (laughs) what I agree with. And... Yeah, you better agree. I, I haven't really gone out much for many of many of my roles. The farthest I've ever gone was Illinois, and it was to audition for The Young and the Restless. All of which went really well, but staying at home really works well for me because I can do my voice acting stuff. I can help out around the house with my family. I'm a really big family man, and mm-hmm. when you go out on stage you need to be mentally ready and stable in order to make your character the best that it can be. And I believe that if you're like healthy at your mental state, you'll be able to do anything. So working from home seems to be the best option for me. So uh, let's, let's pursue this a, a little bit as well. Alan, let's bring you into this and buddy you as well. I mean, Arkansas is kind of an outliner in in a sense. I mean, you got Jeff Nichols, who's done some great movies here uh, in Arkansas. I mean, I I I can sit down and watch Mud at any time. I can come across it and and step into that movie in the middle, and and get, and get stuck and get sucked right into it. Uh, True Detective has been here in the state uh, to to uh, to film and and to make stuff. Uh, Arkansas has really shown some some uh, real movement about that. And people have, you know, I mean, Billy Bob and all the rest that has happened have helped put Arkansas on the map, so, uh, so to speak. Is that not true, Alan? It is true, and it's getting better every year. You don't have to be in Hollywood anymore. 
Well, they don't want to be in Hollywood. It's too freaking expensive <laughs> to make a movie. That's right. <laughs> Come out here. Stay in the South, Louisiana, Arkansas. Yeah, they do a lot of a lot of filming uh, in in this area. Uh, so much what, talent out here too. Yeah, that's the other thing, buddy. How how did that happen? How did everybody suddenly begin to get uh, you know discovered out here? I'm trying to think of the gentleman's name that was here from Central Arkansas that was in Deadwood and played Doctor uh, played Pastor Smith. Uh, uh, I can't think of his name right now. I've had him on my show many a time. Great, great actor. Uh, of course, uh, uh, the lady from uh, Officer and a Gentleman. All, all kinds of stuff uh, of different people who live here and kind of keep their feet in the real world instead of getting out in Hollywood where nothing is real. Yeah, that was Lisa Blunt who was in an Officer yes. and Gentleman. Who was uh, married to Lisa? Uh, is it Ray something? Uh, Ray McKinnon. Yeah, McKinnon. Yeah, I haven't yeah, he was heard. Mud. I haven't heard much of him lately. Is he still in the business? Well, I'm sure he is. He's one of the best character actors around. He really yeah. is. Yeah, he played played the played the father in in Mud that yes. Jeff Nichols directed with Matthew McConaughey and Reese Witherspoon, and he's he was in The Blind Side playing the high school coach of of. Um, uh, the uh, lead character in that one as well, um, but yeah, he's he's excellent. But well, I'll, I'll never forget him in Deadwood. He was great in Deadwood. Oh yeah, yeah. Deadwood was uh, incredible too, with Timothy Oliphant and Powers Booth, the late Powers Booth, and yeah. uh, great great actors like that. Ian McShane played the saloon owner, uh-huh. uh, great Irish actor, and that was uh, an incredible series. And they've got a movie um, about Deadwood that's about to come out as well. And, Another uh, one, huh? Because uh, HBO did that uh, that one, and I did. I thought that was a little uneven, but I'd like to see it on the big screen again. What's Jeff Nichols up to? Do you guys know? Uh, he's he's had a couple projects i know that's been on his list i don't know how far he is on those whether it's still in pre-production or not uh haven't talked to him in over a year uh he's he's been helping out with the arkansas cinema society and helping local screenwriters as well with uh, some workshops uh around here and uh it's really great that he's willing to come back and and help local talent uh screenwriters and you know get a start like he did all right so we're getting close to break but buddy olivia and cj let me just ask this question you go out and you do the you do the work you do the art you get on you you take the pieces that you can get and you get out in front of the camera because you all know it only takes one role and I mean, that's very obvious. I mean, it, you know, McConaughey and Dazed and Confused and then Magic Mike and some of the stuff that he's done has, have made him into a super Dallas Buyers Club, have made him into a superstar now. Uh, do you do you sit and do, do your business and hope for that role, or do you just do your business and be glad for the roles that you get? So let me start. I'll start with Buddy because he's – He's been doing this the longest amongst the group that is here. So, uh, basically, as far as getting in front of the camera, what's your thoughts on that, buddy? Have you do you do you wait for that role to come to you? 
Well, it's a little of both. You want to look for that role that you think might get you discovered. But in the meantime, while you're waiting on that, you need to hone your craft and keep busy. And so you do a lot of projects around here, uh, whether it be short films or student films or whatever you can find just just to hone your craft, just to keep working and getting better because there's uh, nothing not there's not a better way to practice so to speak than doing uh, small films and you're able to experiment a little bit with your uh, your delivery or your uh, the way you deliver your lines and see how it comes across in a small budget film or a no budget film and then you're able to whenever that big project comes along that you think might get you discovered uh, then you're at the top of your game instead of just sitting around for a year or so just waiting for something to happen. Well, let's get Buddy, and I'll ask Olivia and CJ this question as well. Making a movie is totally different than it used to be. I mean, some <laughs> movies are shot on on uh, people's smartphones now. I mean, you can do it on a smartphone. I've seen it done, and it's amazing to me <laughs> that it can it can be done. But uh, sets are different than they used to be. Is that not true, buddy? Yeah, absolutely. And with with the technology uh, has allowed, uh, you mentioned earlier about not having to live in L.A. or New York anymore because uh, you had to be local to those places and to even audition. But now with... uh, uh, cell phones getting so good, people can audition anywhere for for a role. You can uh, record yourself in a self audition uh, mm-hmm. uh, video and submit it to a casting director who you've never met and may never may never ever meet in person, but uh, they're able to recruit talent from around the country through video submissions and you don't have to live in LA and be there on a moment's notice. So, right. Uh, also, that's and, something what, that COVID has helped us out with as well. People being more open to it. Wouldn't you say? I've been busier in the last few months uh, with mm-hmm. auditions than I ever was before COVID hit. Um, mm-hmm. And it's given me a lot of time to do a lot of screenwriting as well and uh, reading new scripts. People are sending me scripts all the time to read. And uh, it's um, it's an opportunity uh, the last few months to um, catch up on a lot of uh, screenwriting and, and script writing as well. And I actually finished writing a, a screenplay, my first full-length screenplay called Coyote Creek, and it got uh, nominated for an award at the Content 2020 Film Festival in, in Texas as uh, best, new, best New Feature Screenplay. Okay, so I'm cool. I'm real, real excited about That's that. Awesome. Very good, buddy. <laughs> CJ, how, how about you? Because you said you're a voice actor as well. Uh, you can stay yes, in Arkansas and be, and very, be very uh lucratively employed as a voice as a as a, a voice actor how how has uh, you know technology changed things for you and then after i get your answer we'll take a break technology changed for me it made everything a whole bunch of like easier to be able to just sort of sit at home 
and have someone be, hey, I need you to do this voiceover for me, and I'll pay you X amount of money to do it. And I'm like, that's it? I don't even have to get dressed for it? (laughs) Done deal, man. I'll give you an epic voice. You need a smoker lady? Well, I can get them for you, darling. It's just so nice and easy to just have that at the ready and to do. I love it. I, I, I just can't complain. All right. We got another segment coming up of the show. Hope you're enjoying our discussion with Buddy Campbell, Alan Lowe, Olivia Disney, and C.J. Bernard. We'll tell you about some of the movies they've been in, where you can find them. Alan will uh, finish up our interview today talking about the movie that he is currently filming in Hot Springs. And perhaps uh, he's got some casting calls still out there. We'll ask him about that as well. It's 10 to 7. It's the Dave Ellswick Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. We're talking uh, about film, and we're talking about film here in central Arkansas. Uh, Alan, you guys are uh, currently filming uh, down in Hot Springs Village. Uh, are, you, are you looking for any walk-ons? Are you looking for, you know, grips? What are you looking for? We're always looking for help, but uh, not this coming weekend, but the next, we're going to need extras for a failed wedding. And Buddy can take care of anybody that wants to be in that. If they just contact him, he'll set them up when to be there and where to go. Okay, so Buddy, for a person who would like to be considered and doesn't have a, a hill's beans of knowledge about the film industry, what do they need to do? Well, the film, uh, like like we said, is called Streaming Sarah, and on Saturday, September fifth, we're uh, doing the the wedding scene, and we'll need some extras for that. And they can contact me through my Facebook page uh, at uh, just Buddy Campbell. Uh, it'll just put that into Facebook. It'll probably be the first name that pops up, and. You can see my smiling face on there and just friend me and send me a private message saying you want to be an extra in the uh, the movie next weekend, and I'll get you information about that. You can find out more about the movie by going to my IMDb page, uh, com, and then in the search, put in Buddy Campbell or Streaming Sarah, and uh, that'll give get get you some information about it as well okay so that's something for everybody to know for the folks that have never done this before buddy alan olivia cj what's the most important thing to remember never give up. Extra. Well, what was that again never, give up. never yeah. give up okay go ahead olivia yeah yeah, I was just going to say that rejection doesn't really get any easier, but um, it's so important to make sure that it doesn't discourage you and that not every part is going to be for you, but you will find one. Yeah. CJ, you mentioned you went to Illinois. Was it Young and Restless that you said you you, you did yes. reading for? So you, when you I, get called out to do a reading like that, they've got you in mind kind of. Uh, is it hard mm-hmm. if it doesn't pan out? And how do you deal with that rejection? I'm a very optimistic individual. Uh, one of the main things that I like to hold true is some of the things that my mentors gave me. And my theater professor, Eric, he told me 
treat every moment like it's the first day and brand new. So I just sort of just hop on stones and keep stepping whenever I miss an audition or something of that nature. And for the young and the restless, one of the sad things is I did actually nail the audition. It's uh-huh. just I didn't check my old email account that I swapped into oh, when no. I signed oh, no. up. So I made it to the second wave. So I was going to fly all the way out to California and get to that part. But because of my bad tactfulness, it just sort of <laughs> never fell through. That it was the most painful experience that I've ever had. Oh, man. But yeah, that is a tough one. The, it's a learning experience. And to be honest, maybe I wasn't ready to go just yet. I had some more roles that I need to put under my belt for me to be a better person and get the role. So See, next that, time I come out for Young and Restless. That is the true sign of an optimist. You understood that maybe there was something bigger uh, working here. Guys, we're out of time. I appreciate every one of you joining us. Alan Lowe, when will you wrap uh, streaming Sarah, and when are you expecting for it to be out? We'll finish filming September the 6th for the short film. We've still got a feature film to do on it later. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let so me we start with shorts. Okay, so let me be back with you. Uh, I'll uh, I'll instant message you, and we'll get you set up to come back on the show. Buddy Campbell, Alan Lowe, Olivia Disney, C.J. Bernard, thank you all so much. Look them all up on IMDb. Find out their work and buy it at Amazon. I'm out. I'll be back in a moment. to the 7 o'clock hour, Dave Ellswick show. Rain has let up. Uh, it's not pouring like it was yesterday. Uh, I mean, we, we may have gotten wherever you're at. I got about five and a half inches from my rain gauge. Uh, you may have gotten more. I heard some areas were up to eight inches of rain. But uh, that kind of rain is moving out of the area. By later this afternoon, we should be seeing the sun as Laura become, you know, gets us in our in her rearview mirror and moves on into the Ohio Valley. But a lot of rain yesterday, to say the least. Uh, if you like the sun, yesterday wasn't your favorite day by a long shot. 7.07 here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Robert Steinbach joins us. He is a law professor at UALR. His opinions are his and his alone do not represent necessarily that of UALR or uh, Bowen School Law. Chris Corbett is also with us, a practicing attorney. He joins us today, and uh, he is talking with us. Uh, and, and his specialty is in engineering law. But we got something else to talk about first, and that is, uh, Robert, you just sent this to me. I'll let you talk about it. Dan Sullivan was with us last week, and we talked about a lawsuit uh, that was being brought uh, against the uh, Arkansas Department of Health 
in the effort to restore the principles of our representative representative government, as everybody should know. Uh, we have three co-equal branches of government, the executive, the legislative, and the judicial, but that has uh, changed some over the COVID-19 time with the governor, through the help of uh, the health department, uh, taking on uh, the, uh, you know, kind of the feeling of a king uh, here in this state. And Dan Sullivan and a lot of other uh, folks have gotten tired of, uh, uh, of that. Bring us up to date on where we're at now, Robert. Yes, as usual, it's so wonderful to be on the show with you. The, as we discussed last week on the show with Dan, Dan and others have been concerned that the Department of Health uh, is acting in a, in a fashion inconsistent with democracy. And as you aptly mentioned, we have three branches of government. We have the legislative branch. We have the executive branch, which is, which is the governor. And we have the judicial branch, which is the court system. And two of those three branches operate uh, to enact laws. And the third interprets those laws. I realize that's a bit of a third-grade civics lesson, but my point here is quite simply that the executive can't act without the legislature in bringing about laws. They, the executive's job is to enforce laws. Now, that's the way it's supposed so, to be. That, that's exactly right, Dave. That's the way it's supposed to be. <clears throat> but in emergency situations, we have the ability for the executive to do certain things without waiting on the legislature. Of course, the legislature is going to be a slower process because you have 100 representatives, you have 35 senators, and the executive is one executive. And of course, it's not one person per se, because we're really talking about the Department of Health here, which works for the governor, as opposed to being the governor himself. But the notion is the same. It's a much more streamlined process. So if you want speed, you go through the executive. If you want more input, more as I said last week, more democracy, you, you focus on the legislature. And that's why the lawmaking process is both. It's the combination. And so when the governor declared an emergency at the beginning of COVID correctly, aptly, it was truly an emergency. But as time goes on, while it is dangerous, it is a medical concern, it is a societal concern, COVID is, we are not in, in the midst of something that is a surprise. We are not in the midst, you know, when you call 911, it's an emergency because, be it a medical emergency or a police emergency, because it wasn't planned for. Right. But if you go to the hospital and you schedule cataract surgery for a month out, it's not an emergency. Nobody calls that emergency. Now, that surgery or some other surgery, we don't have to pick the surgery. Those are all important. As a joke, I said about your surgery, uh, it's minor surgery when the other guy has it. When you have it, it, it ain't never minor. So none of these things are minor, but they're not emergency when you schedule it. So the more we get into the new normal of the COVID environment, the less we're able to call that an ongoing emergency and just call it an ongoing reality. And so it's that shift from emergency to reality that undergirds Dan Sullivan and Bob Ballinger's lawsuit 
to say to the executive branch, hey, we need to be brought back in. Quite literally, in fact, what needs to happen is that the legislature needs to be called back into session. And when they are called back into session, then you have both the legislative and the executive branch working together. In the federal system, in the national system, in the U.S. system, that's never an issue because the legislature is always in session. I'm not saying they don't take breaks. They take a summer break. They take a winter break. But they call themselves, by the way, back into session. If they're in summer break and they want to do something, they just call themselves back in. Actually, Nancy Pelosi just did that about the faux emergency regarding the moving of post office boxes. Yeah, that's really what's the pressing issue of the time, by the way, Dave. And so that's the the function of calling oneself back into session in the federal system is done by the legislature, but not in our state system. In our state system, the governor has to call the legislature back into session when it's not that preordained time period, which for us will start this coming January. Well, that's necessary if we're going to be giving the governor, as the chief law enforcement officer that he is, additional powers during a non-emergency, during a new normal. That's the basis of the Dan Sullivan, Bob Ballinger, and others' uh, lawsuit to bring about change. All right, and it needs to be brought about because we we absolutely must have three co-equal branches of government, and there is always tension there to make sure that happens because each branch would like to have enough power that they can keep the other two subservient to them. Would you agree with that? Chris, would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. And the, and the, uh, the, the, the duplicity here is just ironic because when you're out in practice and you're practicing law and you, you, a client approaches you and you say, I've been mistreated by the government, you say, okay, well, what happened? Well, I had this decision handed down by an administrative uh, board or an administrative arm of the executive branch. I said, okay, well, the first thing we've got to do is we've got to appeal their decision inside the executive branch pursuant to the Administrative Procedures Act. And here's where it gets crazy. If you lose that argument in this quasi-judicial court, in the executive branch. You get to appeal it to the judicial branch, but a hundred times, 10 out of 10 times when I've done that, the judicial branch defers to what they say. Well, there was no clearly erroneous evidence produced. The decision was not clearly erroneous, and there was substantial evidence presented in how the executive branch acted. And now, They've they've used now the executive branch is flipping it around. The duplicity here is they are bypassing the the very act that is used to hammer citizens and keep them out of the judicial branch. And um, so I'm 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 ecstatic that Dan Sullivan's going to stand up and try to do something about it. This is for the people. It's for the citizens. And um, he's attacking the Administrative Procedures Act in the right way, saying that the executive branch has now not followed its own uh, piece of legislation that they like. All right. So let me go back to you then, uh, uh, Robert, and I'll ask you this and then we'll take our break. What's to keep the courts from just throwing it out with it not having merit? Uh, can the can the court kind of play 
you know, uh, spoil sport here and just say and not want to see this move forward and and just toss it? They can. That's what the courts do, right? The courts are the ultimate arbiter, the ultimate decider of disputes if they are willing to hear a dispute, which they generally should be but aren't always. This lawsuit is brought by Ballinger now, Clark, Stubblefield, Rice. They're all co-plaintiffs on this lawsuit. Is about whether or not the governor and the executive has the power to continue to issue declarations, emergency declarations, without a present disaster. That's the wording of the law that allows that uh, override of the democratic process. So you take that dispute, you go to the court system, and you get almost in a Caesar-like fashion, a thumbs up or a thumbs down. We discussed on your show, Dave, uh, Dave yesterday, Chris and I did, how there's a local federal judge here, uh, Billy Roy Wilson, who made what can only be characterized as a goofy ruling. So if your question is, do judge, judges make goofy rulings? Yeah, they do. And if your question is, are sometimes judges political or considering factors that they should not consider? Absolutely. So I've got certain conceptual fixes for that they ain't in place yet meanwhile we will have to rely on the judicial branch to be the uh, referee between the executive and the legislative to the extent they are willing to even opine on that issue all right 17 minutes after seven let's get our first break in here on the dave ellswick show you're listening to 101.1 fm uh, the answer, first hour of the show, had a great uh, hour discussion about making movies in central Arkansas. And uh, here we are now as we move into the second hour, getting into the uh, talks about serious issues dealing with politics. That's all coming your way. And we've got more politics to talk. Uh, the uh, Supreme Court tossed out the jungle primary initiative and the redistricting initiative, they will not be, those votes will not be counted on uh, the ballot coming up on November 3rd. And I'm sure that Robert and uh, Chris will have uh, some words about that. I need to talk to you about my good friends at PI Roofing. Uh, they can take a good, uh, you know, look at your roof and tell you where the problems are and fix it for you. Maybe they'll walk your roof and look at it and there are no uh, you know, things wrong with it. Uh, but maybe it's been, you know, 15, 20 years since you had work done on your roof and there are problems. Maybe you get up there, looks like there's gravel everywhere. Well, that's the stuff that's on your shingles that helps repel the water. Uh, that's not a good thing. Uh, that's what we found on my roof. And next year, I'll be replacing the roof on my home. But it was still in good stead. And what a great thing to have your home in good stead uh, and your roof especially since it's your last uh, line of defense against against the elements. And yesterday, the elements were against us, and hopefully you didn't have any leaks because if you did, that water would have found its way into your home. And once it finds its way into your home, it starts destroying your home. So keep your home in, in, in good repair. Call the folks at PI Roofing. They'll come out and walk that roof. They'll check it out. Make sure it's in good shape. All you got to do is call them, 707-3551, 707-3551, or visit them online at piroofing.com. 
All right, we are here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We've got about six minutes until we get to Rush at the uh, the bottom of the hour. I'm sure he'll have something uh, special to say as well. Uh, Robert Steinbach is here, uh, law professor and practicing attorney here in Arkansas. His opinions are his and his alone, not necessarily those of the Bowen School of Law or UALR. Chris Corbett is in Conway. And uh, he is uh, with us as well, practicing attorney. His uh, specialty is engineering, although I got to tell you, he also keeps himself well boned up on constitutional law, especially Arkansas constitutional law. And that's kind of what we're talking about here in this segment of the Dave Ellswick Show. We're talking about the... uh, uh, lawsuit that Dan Sullivan and Alan Clark and Bob Ballinger and others, uh, a kind of a pantheon of of uh, real conservatives here in Arkansas, have brought against the Department of uh, of Health here in the state, saying they've overstepped their bounds. Uh, how long do you think this plays out uh, uh, in the in the court system? Uh, Robert, and uh, let's start with you, and then Chris, you jump in and, and say what you think as okay. well. You know, what are we looking at? How long do, do you think, guys, this takes, and will it be done by January? It's a great question. Typically, in this context, what a lawyer does in bringing the lawsuit, of course, you file a lawsuit, and then you ask for an emergency motion. Uh, you make an emergency motion for action quicker than one normally would have if you would have an ordinary dispute. So if you, say, are suing your neighbor because he his dog is uh, damaging your lawn, I'm making it up, of course, <clears throat> Well, that takes time. You file a complaint. He files what's known as an answer. You take discovery, and you wind up having a hearing at some point. But in this context, due to the time-sensitive nature, I'm confident that the lawyer will bring an emergency motion. So that should take a month or two at, at the outset if the court is willing to cooperate. It's entirely up to the court in the end. And so the court could drag its feet on this. But if the court acts in a swift fashion, it shouldn't take more than a couple of months. Okay, so uh, that's good. And because I think that this is kind of a, a shot over the bow, so to speak, of the executive branch and that there's going to be a lot of things that happen come January when the new general uh, new general session gets going. Is that your thoughts, Chris? Is that kind of how this game seems to be playing out? Oh man, they're gonna they're gonna obfuscate. They're gonna delay. The government's gonna attack this on procedural grounds. They're gonna say that they failed to bring this up in an administrative hearing in the executive branch. Therefore, it cannot be reviewed by the judicial branch. They're gonna move to dismiss it. They're gonna delay it, and then maybe this thing will be over. Um, they don't want to have this brought in the judicial branch and decided in front of a, a judge based on the law. I'm not sure if they're going to be successful even getting it to the judge. Um, I, I, it's going to be hard to uh, to survive a motion to dismiss. I hope they do. Um, I'm pushing for them. It's it's a it's a it's a jungle out there, and and this this narrow path they've got to take to get it in, in front of the judicial branch is going to be tough. 
especially under some violation of the Administrative Procedures Act, which I think needs to be struck from the books in the first place. All right, so we're moving close to 7.30 when Rush will join us. So I'm going to ask this question, and I'll jump in uh, with this. Uh, just to let everybody know, I have joined in as a plaintiff with Dan Sullivan's nice. lawsuit as well. So is this, do you guys think that what we're seeing now, uh, I know that Dan Sullivan wants this changed. However, is this to allow the executive to know that, hey, the judi- the uh, legislative uh, session section of uh, the Arkansas government is serious as serious can be uh, about making sure this kind of stuff doesn't happen in the future? Robert, I think I think that's part of it, Dave. I think part of it is a, a much simpler question, which is. Does this executive branch want the legislature involved today in these important issues that are not uh, an emergency in the sense authorized uh, to allow the executive to act, act, excuse me, absent the legislature? So part of it is this theoretical question going forward. Um, I, along with Chris, am involved in what's known as impact litigation. In fact, that's what I call my practice of law, Steinbuck impact litigation. And it's because that means you want to affect change for the future. But one thing that no one should ever lose sight of regarding litigation in general is almost invariably the parties, while concerned about the future, are concerned about the present. And right here, this case that you are now a co-plaintiff on is about the present. All right. We got to take a break. Rush is uh, is uh, going to be uh, talking to us here shortly. I'm sure he'll have something to say about the convention uh, that's been going on. When we come back, we're going to talk about the initiated acts that did not make the ballot. The Supreme Court threw them out, and uh, we'll talk about them when we return. Uh, I think that uh, the way that the Supreme Court worked slowly uh, has hurt Uh, The way people think about voting in the state, we'll talk about that as well. But right now, L. Rushbo is ready to talk to us here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, I want to just talk about what uh, the lady with traffic was saying. If you see moving water on the highway, don't drive into it. Uh, Follow what, uh, you know, the Arkansas Department of Transportation has said. You know, turn around, don't drown. Because if there's water across the roadway uh, and, it, and it's more than an inch deep, that's enough to move you, sweep you off the roadway and maybe into a swollen creek. Or worse yet, you drive into water that's across the road and there's no road underneath the water. So you want to be careful of that as well. So with all the heavy rains that we've had, please proceed with caution and uh, use your best logic when you're out there driving all right robert steinbach here chris corbett is here uh so what what do you guys think uh, let me get the your last take on this thing with dan sullivan's lawsuit your gut feeling uh, I think I got your gut feeling uh, last half hour, Chris, that you think that the court system will figure something to do uh, to uh, get this out of this out of the system and not to be heard. Is that it, did I read that right 
from what I heard? That's right. I think they're going to try to dismiss it based on procedural grounds, some sort of technical violation of the Administrative Procedures Act. They didn't appeal it inside the executive branch. Therefore, there's nothing to review. Um, I do like so they're attacking the Emergency Services Act. I like that strategy they've got, and I, I hope that's successful. All right. How how are you feeling? Are you feeling more positive than what Chris is feeling, Robert? I don't really know. Part of this is that prediction game that lawyers like to play. And I'm not criticizing that because clients ask that all the time. And but ultimately, Indeed, indeed. <laughs> but you're both perhaps now a plaintiff and a talk show host. But the, so I, I don't know the answer to that question. <clears throat> I do think that there are a lot of judges out there who don't want to do their jobs. I've never seen a profession that is populated with more people who desperately want to get the job, but once they get that, all they do is complain about doing it. So I'd like to see more judges willing to engage with the underlying issues that are being presented to them for resolution. Because remember, well, some people usually those who commit harm say, well, we're too litigious of a society. The reality is the reason we have litigation and the reason we have the amount of litigation that we do is because we're a free society that recognizes that the method by which we resolve disputes is not by shooting each other, is not by punching each other. It's by going to a third party and telling that third party, i.e. a judge, hey, this is what we're fighting about. You decide. And one party often walks away disappointed but they don't typically do anything violent about it. So litigation is our resolution that avoids violence. And the more and more judges don't want to do their jobs, the more and more you will see an increase in violence, not a decrease. All right, so let me jump in here and, and get your both of your uh, opinion on this. Is, is that because we elect our judges here in the state of Arkansas instead of appointing our judges here in the state of Arkansas. Do judges not want to take on something like this particular, maybe Dan, I mean, they still might, but I'm just saying, uh, not take on the Dan Sullivan case because they don't want to give a voter a reason to vote against them? I don't know the answer to that question because I am not one who rejects the notion of elected judges. I think that serves an important purpose. You and I and Chris have discussed on your show before, Dave, the fact that local judge Tim Fox, who I know from the community, by the way, and is a friendly person, a nice person, has often gone off the rails in terms of what he does in a courtroom, just making it up. He did that with Chris and me in court. Actually, it was prior to Chris initially, and then when Chris came on the case. He's just making up stuff. What he knows is not the law. If, if he were appointed, he would be on the bench forever. I have now resigned to the fact that Tim Fox needs to be off the bench. And I will campaign against Tim Fox on your show, amongst other places, Dave, and tell the people this is a judge who doesn't belong on the bench because we need judges who interpret law, not who make law. So I don't know the particularly the particular distorting effect of an election versus an appointment, and I'm sure there are different distorting effects for each, 
But I think overall, there's some great value to actually electing judges. And I don't buy into the elitist view that we need to appoint judges only because the appointment process is just as political uh, a process. The only difference is you have some other elected official making that appointed appointment rather instead of the people themselves. All right, Chris, your thoughts. It's a that's an interesting uh, point. Whether we should appoint judge or elect judge, there's arguments on both sides, um, and I, I'm kind of leaning toward really leaning toward elected judges because if you get a judge that goes off the rail, well, he can suffer the consequences out of election. However, um, we want judges that feel comfortable in their jobs, like a CEO with a contract. We want a CEO to have a contract with the company so he can do his job and make some hard decisions and have uh, stability in his job. Um, like a federal judge, he's appointed for life. He can make decisions without losing his job. So there's arguments on both sides, and um, it, that's hard for me to make a decision on or, or, or criticize. All right. Well, that's another another uh, discussion in in the future. I'll keep I'll file that away in the back and put it in the front of my circular file so I don't just uh, haphazardly throw it in the garbage can. But l- <laughs> let's move let's move into what's going on uh, uh, here with the court. The Supreme Court ruled, uh, and I believe this was yesterday, perhaps on uh, Wednesday that the Jungle Primary Initiative, uh, which, uh, you know, determined who wins what election uh, in a primary was not, uh, was, you know, was so convoluted. Uh, and the, uh, the Initiated Act that's out there about changing the way that we redistrict, both of those were struck down by the Supreme Court. They will not be counted on the ballot uh, your thoughts on those two pieces of of, uh, of uh, legislation or initiatives out there, and we'll get we'll start this time off with Chris. On that, you know, I am unaware of those pieces of legislation, Dave. I'm sorry, I don't have a, I'm not aware of those. Okay, well, they're both they were both struck, uh, Robert. I know that you are because we've talked about them here on the show. Uh, you think good thing, bad thing? I think good thing because they were so, so, so terrible, and there was just so much money that came from outside the state to promote these pieces of uh, this, these initiated acts and whatnot. Uh, a good thing. You agree? Overall, in the end, it's a good thing. These initiated acts, the substance of these initiated acts, were awful, absolutely awful. So that they go down in defeat, be it procedurally or substantively, meaning uh, by the courts or by a vote, in the end, we are better off by not having these proposals become law. The notion that we should have open primaries defeats the very concept of a primary, and it leads to extreme um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's uh, I can't think of it now, but people acting deceptively. So a Democrat tries to vote in a Republican primary and vice versa, all to upset the process. So strategic, strategic voting. And so that's a terrible idea. And the other idea I just laugh at. The other idea was this notion that now, for the first time, that the Republicans have control of a majority. In fact, all of the constitutional offices 
the Democrats no longer want those constitutional officers to be the ones determining how we redistrict. Oh, it was okay for you for the last 50, 100 years when the Democrats were in control, but now that the Republicans are, are, are in control, you don't like it? So whether or not the underlying notion of pursuing some alternative process makes sense, I ain't doing it now. So how about this? Give the Republicans another 50 or 100 years the same way the Democrats had. And at the end of that time, if you want to talk about revamping the process so that it's nonpartisan, after you spent your 50 or 100 years in an entirely partisan process, then I'll talk to you. All right. So when we come back, these two pieces of uh, or these two initiated acts, there was a lot of out of uh, state money behind them. Uh, recently, there's been a lot of money spent by, like, for instance, George Soros uh, for uh, attorney generals in different parts of uh, the country to try to swing elections using massive amounts of money to uh, propel a candidate to a win. Uh is there something we need to do about that? We'll talk about it uh, when we come back. It's about 14, maybe 13. Let's make it 13 minutes till 8 o'clock. Got 13 minutes to get to work on time if you got to be there by 8. So be forewarned. That's to be forearmed. We'll take a break. Got more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Traffic, weather, uh, and news. Yours next here on 101.1 FM. Back with you. We've got eight minutes and until uh, eight o'clock here on the uh, Dave Ellsworth Show. Don't forget at eight thirty, uh, Matt Smith's going to join us. Brand new movie coming out this weekend. This is two weeks in a row now that we've had a new movie. Last week it was Unhinged. It did well. Had a lot of people show up to see it. Uh, and uh, this weekend it's a movie that for two, we've been waiting to see for two years. They keep putting, they kept reshooting and all kinds of stuff, and then the COVID hit, and the New Mutants opens up this weekend in the theaters. Of course, here locally, I think the only place you're going to see it is at the uh, VIP Cinemas, run by Matt Smith, and he's going to talk about it when uh, he comes on at at about eight thirty-five. So keep that in mind. Right now, Robert Steinbach and Chris Corbett is with us. Robert sent me um, uh, a story, and I'm. Uh, bringing it back up here, uh, a judge rejects another fee request, says Little Rock Law Firm, inflating uh, costs. A federal judge has issued another scathing order denying a fee request from a Little Rock Law Firm that specializes in labor disputes, accusing the firm of unnecessarily driving up costs at the expense of the losing party. Now, in June, U.S. District Judge Billy Wilson rejected a request for $96,000 in attorney's fees from the Sanford Law Firm, which won a class action dispute about overtime pay on behalf of 234 employees of Wellspun Pipes. Wilson instead awarded the firm just $1 and noted that he only awarded that much because the statute says attorney fees shall be paid to the winning party. So let me just stop there. Instead of me reading this whole article, let's start off now with uh, with Robert. And then, uh, Chris, you you jump in after Robert's done. Bet. What's important about this? 
Dave, thanks. You had asked what we were talking about yesterday on the show, and I forwarded that article to you as part of what we briefly touched on. And what's important about this article is something that you raised in the previous segment. That is, is it better to have elected judges? Is it better to have appointed judges? How, what is the role of a judge? And this is an example of where a judge doesn't do his job. And this is an appointed judge, so he can't be booted out in the next election. He can retire, but he can't be booted out in the next election. And the short of it is that this law allows people, everyday common folk people who work on an hourly wage, not the rich folks, and I'm amongst the latter in the sense that I don't work for an hourly wage, I get a salary. But if you work for an hourly wage and your bosses tell you, well, you got to work overtime, well, you're entitled to overtime, meaning time and a half. And there are plenty of companies that don't follow that federal law. And then there are law firms like the Sanford law firm that's run by a guy by the name of Josh Sanford, a longtime lawyer, a 25, 30 years practitioner uh, who pursues these cases on behalf of these people. And he does two things. One is, and this, by the way, goes back to a point you raised in a previous segment as well. One, the instant, the right now, he gets the money for the folks that deserve the money. Two, he makes sure that the law firms, excuse me, the businesses going forward get the law right. They pay the overtime in the future so there doesn't need to be another lawsuit. And as a function of doing that, he's entitled to attorney's fees. This judge didn't like the bill. He thought the bill was too high. Maybe there were certain aspects of the bill that one could reasonably say, no, I'm going to cap this at that certain price. But the judge in the first case says, I'm going from $96,000 down to not $50,000, not sixty, not forty, some amount that the judge could reasonably say, well, I think 96 is too much. I think you build too many hours. But he went down to $1. That is, and he even admits, by the way, he admits, I would have given zero. There is no difference between $1 and zero in a substantive sense. Right. He gave nothing when the law required him to give reasonable attorney's fees. So that means that Judge Billy Roy Wilson broke the law. He broke the law. And I'm tired of judges breaking the law. The way judges break the law is they make it up. They just decide, I'm not going to, that doesn't apply to me, you see, because I'm a king. I've got a robe on and I can march around like a big shot. Well, guess what? You ain't no big shot. You're a judge. There are other people who do different jobs. They're all important jobs. But go do your job. Nobody elected you to be Caesar. Nobody elected you to be king. Nobody appointed you to either one of those positions. This guy didn't do his job, and he needs to do it right. All right. Chris? As usual, Rob's right on point, Dave, and this segues right into whether or not we should have elected judges or appointed judges. This federal judge has been appointed for life. Um he is uh, around 80 years old, I understand. He can stay on the bitch as long as he wants. He's rendered a decision of a dollar when the statute says you, mu- you shall award attorney's fees. Now, those attorney's fees have to be reasonable. Uh, the attorney has appealed that decision uh, to the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals on whether or not a dollar is a uh, reasonable attorney's fee award 
for a successful um, completion of a lawsuit against Wellspun. He had a class action lawsuit against Wellspun. He got money for 234 um, per way uh, per hour uh, employees, and he successfully uh, brought that case against Wellspun. And and the, what he's done is he just issued an an order here that hurts the American public. It hurts. Arkansas citizens in the ability for them to get an attorney and have that attorney paid for through the outcome of the case. In the real world application of this, attorneys may be hesitant now to take meritorious cases because they may have a get in front of a judge that won't award them attorney's fees. A lawsuit takes work. Filing pleadings takes work. Um, And if if they're prevented the ability to get paid, then they're not going to want to work. Uh, so the American citizens or the Arkansas citizens are going to be hurt with this with this ruling through an appointed judge. Now, let's flip to us. If he's elected, we could do something about it. Now, All right. We'll be back enough. in a few moments. We're at the last part of this hour on the Dave Ellswick Show. When we come back, an $18 fee that a judge said it was constitutional. Now he's changed his mind, said it's unconstitutional. $3.6 million collections later. Let's talk about that when we continue here on the Dave Ellsworth Show. Robert Steinbach, Chris Colbert will be back with me after the news. into the final half hour, Robert Steinbach, and uh, with uh, Chris Corbett. Uh, this is the final hour of the Dave Ellswick Show for this week. You're listening to us at uh, the 6 o'clock hour, and we got some different things to talk about. I sent both of you an article about an $18 fee uh, that was being assessed against people up in the Harrison area. Uh, because of a landfill that was uh, being evidently built using um, um, some taxpayers' dollars, and they defaulted, and they're saying, "Hey, the taxpayers got to pay, got to pay for the the, the landfill." And then uh, they've been collecting the money for like three years. It's three point six million they put in the coffers already. Uh, other judges came back and said, now, whoa, wait a second. No, they don't have to pay this money back. And so, and, and what's the weirdest part of this is the judge that initiated the fee said that, no, you don't have to pay that fee. And I, I don't get that part of it, but let's throw it to you guys. I'll start with you, Chris, because I learned something during a break as we were talking that I didn't know and that. You used to deal in trash. I mean, were you like Tony Soprano or something? <laughs> no, it's, uh, I had a, I had a friend that um, uh, back in the nineties. Um, I worked in uh, 
Rogers, Arkansas, and I ran the trash company there in Rogers, Arkansas. And um, what's very, very interesting about this is we've got a decision in one county. This is one circuit court in one county that has affected uh, six other counties, Baxter County, Boone County, Marion County, Newton County, and Searcy County. Theoretically, one county can't tell another county what to do. One county judge has no jurisdiction or can not tell what another county what to do. There's elected county judges in those counties that um, I guess could actually appeal this judge if it's filed, judgment if it's filed in another county. This is very interesting. Then you got the bondholders. Uh, well, this money, where is it going to go back to? Is it going to go back to the taxpayers? Is it going to go back to this uh, waste management district area, the solid waste district that it's a creature of the legislature? It's a creature of, of the legislature. Do they get the money or do the bondholders get the money? The folks that loan the money, do they get the money back? Um, that's Bank of the Ozarks. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, let me jump. Let me out. jump in and ask this question of you, uh, Chris, and then Robert, you chime yes. in after Chris. This is mm-hmm. Ozark Mountain Solid Waste District. They defaulted mm-hmm. on twelve million dollars in bonds or over a defunct landfill bought in two thousand and five, closed in twenty twelve. So my my question is, it's a bond. It was uh, uh, typically if you buy bonds. They're backed up by, uh, you know, the people who issued those bonds, which is the government, is it not? No. So on that, so the way they do that, they go out in the open market. They go out in the open market and they say, hey, this is a municipal bond. It's tax-free. The money you make on this will not be invested. So they, in turn, buy these bonds. Uh, general, uh, you know, 20, I think they're doing $25,000 tranches. Okay. Did we lose Chris? I think yeah. we may have lost Chris. I lost Chris just then. He'll have to come yeah. back in. Any event, what, the point is that people buy these bonds, and they're on the hook for the risk. That's what happens when you buy a bond. But in reality, what you see is the local bureaucrats and the local elected officials trying to pass along that cost to the taxpayer again. That's a problem when government runs business. All of a sudden, you're a partner. You're a partner on the downside. You ain't getting a check when they're making money, but you're paying for it when they're losing money. And that's why we don't need government running business. Individuals get to take risk and make decisions. They lose. They win. Oh, my gosh, he makes too much money, says Elizabeth Warren, the multimillionaire that she is, by the way, the big liar that she is. She wasn't only lying that she's an Indian. She's lying that she's loaded. And so these people want you to to cover all the risks of business because they want to have the government run all the businesses. That's socialism, Dave. That's what the left is talking about now. This is a microcosm of that that you're seeing on this bond issue. Yeah, now, bonds are uh, typically uh, touted as a a very safe place to put your money, but as we're seeing here, uh, not necessarily uh, so. Now, Chris is back. So, Chris, jump in here. You're, you know, it's not a, a I got, completely yeah. Sorry, safe. Sorry, I got cut off there. That's all right. It's it's not a 100% safe investment, correct? 
Oh, you can lose your money in a bond. Absolutely. The bond can uh, quit quit paying. And what we've got here is the uh, Bank of the Ozarks is the bond trustee, which acts on uh, behalf of the bond holder's interest. And they may have the right to appeal this decision. All right. So... You know, what's the lesson to be learned here? And what's and and, and then I'll ask, uh, let me start off with Robert. And what's the lesson to be learned from a judge who said this $18 fee was $18 fee was legitimate and now says, no, it's unconstitutional. He was either right. He was right one time or the other. (laughs) <laughs> you know, or he was well, wrong. You know, let me tell you, in and of itself, that I don't have a problem with. Meaning, judges are human and get to make mistakes. My beef with judges is not when they get it wrong. People get stuff wrong. Dave, you may find it hard to believe, but on occasion, I get things wrong. It's rare. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I do have a hard occasion, time believing that. I know it. I know it. There was that time I thought I was mistaken, but I wasn't. Uh So it's rare, (laughs) but it happens. When I take issue with with judges, like with Judge Tim Fox, what he did in the case that Chris and I are involved in, is he just made up the law. It wasn't that he got it wrong. He literally said, well, I'm just going to do this. Oh, wait, what? What are you, Caesar? You're not just going to do it. Either you have a law to do it or not. My beef with Judge Billy Roy Wilson, uh, the the mule farmer from Crystal Tellus, where from, I don't remember, um, is that he's, he's told, you must give this attorney fees, and he goes, all right, I'll give him a dollar. Well, you ain't giving them fees then. In fact, you're thumbing your nose at the law. You ain't the law, baby. This ain't boss hog. You ain't the law. You are the guy who interprets the law. Go do your job. Now, here's what's interesting about this story. Let me quote something from the story. It says, we're an active board. Okay, is what they, this is the people who, did, who are doing the uh, landfill and all of that. And we have moved together, and we're going to, but we're upside down. We're broke, and we're trying to fix that. The Solid Waste District Board also offered a contract to a new executive director to keep the district moving in the right direction. As you look at that, uh, uh, Chris, what are you seeing here? What, what are they saying that we're upside down? Well, so the Ozark Mountain Solid Waste District, it's, it's a – it's a creature of the legislature. They get together. They unite six counties, right? And they did this um, in order to handle the trash. They did this. They, 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 they pick out a place to put the landfill. And then the landfill has this projected uh, monetary value based on the space of the landfill, okay? And it gets into literally volume of air. And then you then you can get into some really interesting uh, monetary calculations about do we compact the trash, do we crush it down, and um, before we stick it in the landfill, or do we just dump it in there? Uh, anyways, this this landfill is going to create money, and based on those calculations, they go out on the open market and say this landfill is going to create this much money. Here's the lifetime. Uh, here's how long it's going to. Uh, last, and they'll sell bonds on it. And then they designate them as municipal bonds. They go and get these investors to invest in them. And in this case, it just went belly up. This this landfill just did not make it. Um, It's it's interesting. The 
to dig into why it didn't make it. But I've represented engineers that design these things, um, and um, you have to get these things, these approvals submitted through the Arkansas Department of Environmental Quality. There's liners, there's leachate that comes out of the landfill. And these things are, are uh, uh, big money makers, and it's, it's interesting to me to see why they failed. Uh, we don't know why they failed, but obviously they have. And now the, the judge has said, nope, we're not. They don't have the residents don't have to pay for it anymore. Uh, it's an interesting case. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on it and talk about it further in the future. But this is why people like waste management uh, get into this business. I mean, they make big money off of this. I mean, they can make money off of just selling uh, the escaping methane from a landfill and using That's it, right. you know, and, and things, is that, what's the escape methane? You know, that big flame you see when you drive uh, out there by Jacksonville, by the, uh, the trash mountain, as I call it, uh, that uh, is what I'm talking about. And it looks to me like they're getting ready to open up another area out there uh, because as we all know, uh, trash is always being, uh, uh, made by uh, the citizens of, uh, of a specific area. All right, guys, hold your thoughts. We'll come back. We're going to talk more. Well, we got a couple more minutes. Let's go. Let's go a couple more minutes here. But it was interesting because you got kind of excited talking about trash there at the very beginning. Uh, yeah. uh, Chris, you know that this is a big money maker. Well, I had my, my best friend that passed away in 05, Roe Matthews. He was uh big into uh, waste and trash hauling, and I didn't understand what it was. I was in the middle of engineering school, and he told me about a landfill, and I was like, what do you do? You put the trash underground, and then you cover it with, with, with dirt? I didn't understand, but that's exactly what, you, what a landfill is. You cover it up so um, you don't have rats and birds uh, created the disease vectors. We take all of our trash and we bury it. Um, in a landfill, and we charge money per cubic yard to do that. And uh, these landfills uh, charge big money, and they charge by weight, not by volume. Uh, and um, engineers and other technical people will understand that. If they charge by weight, um, how much volume is it really taken up in the in the landfill? It's, it gets into a density calculation, and um, it's big money. I mean, it's big money. Yeah, well, you got that. You got uh, all the the sidebar businesses. I mean, if if you have a, a a building that you take the trash to and you dump it in there and you take the recyclables out and you sell yep. the recyclable material, if you sell the methane and I don't know what all. I mean, it, it, it's an it's an expensive business to get into because right. you got to deal with all those EPA rules, but it will yeah. make money if you run it right. I would agree with that. You know, it's interesting, Dave, that what you just talked about is called a transfer station. So you have a, a building that literally, where you transfer the trash, you dump it out on a concrete floor, shove it in a compactor, and then take it to the uh, landfill or separate out the plastic. And my buddy Roe, he said on a constant basis, recycling will not work. It does not make money. It is a losing proposition. You have to charge to recycle. And you've seen that in the city of Fort Smith where they just – um, they tricked the, the citizens of, of Fort Smith, and they just 
took the recyclables and shoved them in the landfill because they had nothing to do. They couldn't. They didn't know what to do with all the recyclables. Um, so recycling is a um, on its face is oh it's great, but it costs money to recycle. It's not a yeah. win situation where you're making money. All right, we got more to talk about. We still got another segment with these guys. Never know where we're going to go, but I will tell you, we're going to the RNC when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show, one hundred one point one FM. The answer. All right, last uh, segment with Robert Steinbach and with, uh, of course, Chris Colbert. Robert Steinbach, a practicing attorney of law here in the state of Arkansas, plus a law professor at UALR's uh, Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone and not necessarily that of the School of Law or UALR. Uh, of course, Chris is a practicing attorney as well. His uh, specialty is engineering. That kind of showed up when we were talking about trash and he started talking about different things about trash that was very interesting and uh, how you make money out of garbage and uh, one man's garbage is another man's money i'm just saying it's uh, that is a true true statement all right so we would be remiss if the uh, three of us did not talk about the rnc uh, uh convention that happened this week I believe that next week Donald Trump is going to get a huge bump. What say you guys? Let's start let's start it off with you, Robert. What's your thoughts? Dave, you know I'm a man with a lot of opinions, but on this one it's hard to say because we are in such a different environment. I'm confident that he will get a bump. I think both of the candidates have gotten bumps from their conventions. How big? I really can't say. I have throughout this process been far more reticent about predicting outcomes because we've got nothing to compare it to. So unfortunately, uh, I don't have too much to offer on that. Of course, my preference, strong, strong preference, is that he gets a huge bump. And I just heard something, I think, on the radio that there is this prognosticator who has predicted like 25 of the last 27 elections or something, and he predicts Trump winning big. I Really hope that's the case. Yeah, that that I that's the guy who goes by primaries that are held throughout the United States uh, in election years, and uh, he has been right more times, many more times than he has been wrong. So uh, that's a good thing. And yes, he's been predicting what I've been predicting, and I believe, and I've been predicting off of how I think the American people vote. And I believe they vote center right, not center left, and definitely not left left. So uh, I think that uh, uh, Joe Biden uh, will win on uh, uh, or Joe Biden will lose the uh, election coming up here shortly. And I think it's interesting that Democrats are playing a game right now, lowering the expectations of uh, uh, Joe Biden when he goes into debate. Donald Trump, you know, the Biden camp says, yeah, we've agreed to three debates, two uh, presidential and one uh, vice presidential. And we intend to to uh, to do that. And then you got uh, Nancy Pelosi. Oh, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. You don't want to go into it. You know, that kind of thing. I, I just think that what they're out there doing is trying to build a story arc, a narrative that poor old Joe 
you know, he just doesn't stand a chance against Obama. Let me tell you what. Poor old Joe Biden hasn't stayed a senator for 47 years by not knowing Shinola. Uh, He'll show up and he will uh, do okay. But the bottom and, and, and that's the key. If he just does OK and they've uh, lowered the bar on him like they did with uh, uh, who am I saying? Dan Quayle years ago. Dan Quayle comes out looking really good if he just shows up and uh, moves his lips. You think that's what they're doing, Robert? <laughs> I think what they're actually doing is setting it up for uh, um, Oatmeal Joe to not even show up to the debate. Their goal, they, they've said it quite clearly. Nancy Pelosi said, it. oh, well, he shouldn't go because Trump's not good enough to be president. Which Republican did you vote for in the past that you thought was good enough to be president? You don't think any of these people are good enough to be president. By the way, you're entitled to your view. You're just not as morally entitled to your anti-democratic, and that's with a little d, your anti-population-oriented proclivities so that you can elect or rather you can appoint your king-like president instead of allowing the general public to elect because all of a sudden you don't like how the process works because Donald Trump got elected last time so i think there's going i know there's been a push already to have joe biden not debate trump and I think that they are going to try to do it. They're going to try to hold Joe Biden back. Say, well, it's not safe. Uh, he's not senile. He, he's not um, no, the opposite of senile. Has all his faculties. Uh, of course, they won't say that, but they'll use it as an excuse. Uh, they'll come up with an excuse for why he can't debate Donald Trump to cover for his senility. Okay, so let me, Chris, I'm going to let you have last word today. Uh, oh, your thoughts man, about I, that. If, if, Biden yes, doesn't, if Biden doesn't debate, how badly does that hurt him? Oh, it's going to hurt him. Uh, it's going to be a huge impact if he doesn't debate. And, but here's the deal. He's not going to because he'll get hammered. And my single most important issue for me, Dave, is the way Trump has dealt with China. And I'm ecstatic. I want to go watch what uh, Tom Cotton said. I've been a patent attorney for 16 years. China steals our intellectual property. They do it legally. They do it illegally. I'll just give you an example. China has 56,000 patents on 5G and artificial intelligence. Um, and these Chinese patents, what have they spent on it? Nothing. They steal it from the United, United States of America. They literally steal the intellectual property, and we have no treaty with them. I can't create something in, in the United States and enforce it in China because China says no. Let me give you another example. No, no you can't, you can't do it. Law. Hold on. We'll talk about this. I'm going to have you back on to talk about this. We're out of time. Uh-huh. News is next. Matt Smith's coming up. Guys, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a Friday. It is the last day of the Dave Ellswick Show for this week, and it's a fun Friday. We had a great first hour. We had Buddy Campbell and Alan Lowe and Olivia Disney and C.J. Bernard, all local actors, directors, and uh, producers on with us. Fun to talk about the movie industry here in Arkansas. We've had Robert Steinbach and Chris Corbett on to talk about local issues dealing uh, with the ballot in November. And now we're going to finish up talking about 
hey, what are you going to do this weekend? You know, it's not going to be raining the way it was yesterday. It's going to be a nice evening tonight, and I can't think of a better thing to do either tonight or Saturday or Sunday because I'm going to do it, and that's to go to a motion picture. And Matt Smith is here to join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Of course, Matt is the owner of the VIP Cinemas here in Arkansas in uh, Hot Springs, in Little Rock, in Cabot, in Searcy and in Batesville. And Matt, good to have you along with us. You said that there, you told me during a break, we've got four new movies. I guess the biggest one that everybody's kind of looking at is the new Mutants. And uh, because we've been waiting a long time for this motion picture, bring us up to date about that and the other movies that are going to be out at the theater. Yes, that's new today. Uh, the new Mutants, that's out. And, of course, you can catch that at all of my Arkansas locations uh, in Little Rock or Riverdale10.com. And, as you know, the new Mutants is rated PG-13. And it is um, uh, inspired by the 1982 uh, uh, group of um, teenage mutants as heroes in training. Uh, this is when they first appeared, 1982. That's when they first hit the comic books. And uh, this film features a new roster of superhero teens. This is the first time they've been featured in a movie. And um, uh, it's out today. It's directed by Josh Boone. People have been waiting to see this. Um, I'm glad to see a superhero movie back on the big screen. Um, also new today is the personal history of David Copperfield. And that uh-huh. is a new movie from Fox Searchlights. Uh, films. It's a fresh, uh, new take on Charles Dickens' um, kind of semi-autobiographical uh, um, masterpiece, and uh, it's an 1840s um, cool uh, new um, uh, movie about the iconic title character. Uh, and then also new today is um, Bill and Ted Face the Music. And that is oh, the that's sequel. this weekend, too. Yes, yes. That's the sequel to, um, of course, they had Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in 1989, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey in 1991, and then today we have uh, the third one, Bill and Ted Face the Music, it's PG-13. And in this movie, uh, Bill and Ted are parents and they're raising kids. So uh, that's going to be a cool um, uh, comic relief to that film. That's new. And, uh, of course, you can catch all three of those films at Riverdale 10, Riverdale10.com. Catch them in Searcy, that's SearcyCinema.com. Of course, they're playing in Baseful, Cabot, and Hot Springs. That's Hot Springs, VIPCinema.com, Cabot, uh, VIPCinema.com, and Oaks, VIPCinema.com in Batesville. Now, also new today at Riverdale, and it's exclusive to Riverdale, is a film called Centigrade. Uh, it's from IFC films, and this is based on a true story. Uh, A young American couple are traveling through um, the Arctic Mountains of Norway, and they pull over uh, in their SUV during a snowstorm, and they uh, decide they're going to just get some rest and drive on in the morning, and when they wake up, they are buried under the snow. So uh, this film's called Centigrade, and it's at Riverdale 10 today. So four new features at Riverdale 10 and then the uh, other four locations have three new movies today. Um, the first available chance to see Tenet, 
which is the long-anticipated blockbuster film yeah, from Warner Brothers Studios, directed by Chris Nolan. You know, he brought you Inception. He brought you Dunkirk. He brought you the Dark Knight trilogy. That's going to be Monday night at 7 o'clock. We're having special screenings Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night, every night at 7 o'clock. All five of my locations, uh, those tickets are on sale now. That starts Monday night. So Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, you can see Tenet. And those tickets are available at the website now. All right, so The New Mutants is opening. I want to talk a little bit specifically about this movie because a lot of people have been waiting for it. I know I have. I mean, you know, it's 40-something years ago that uh, the comic books that this is based on are here. I kind of have wish that they went maybe R with this, but I understand going PG-13. The director, Josh Boone, is best known for his uh, big movie, The Fault in Our Stars. I don't know if that's a movie that uh, lets everybody know he can do a super uh, superhero movie, but what a cast in this. You got Macy, uh, Macy Williams, uh, of course, from Game of Thrones. Aria, she's in this movie. You have... Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy in this movie, she from the movie The Witch, which she was just absolutely fantastic in, and Split, and then Charlie Heaton is in this movie, and everybody knows him from Stranger Things. We've got a strong young cast here, maybe an unproven director, but what I've been reading thus far is that uh, it's, it's getting a thumbs up. What are you hearing? Yes, I mean, uh, you know, we screened these movies last night for people that are in a hurry to see them. And uh, they got in there last night, and the people that watched the movie last night enjoyed it. There is certainly an extensive fan base for the New Mutants movie. And people are people are ready to, you know, catch something new in a movie theater, you know? No kidding, man. And so, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And so they've been out for that. And, you know, we also have Words on Bathroom Walls, which started last Friday. And we also have Unhinged with Russell Crowe. Those are also two new movies. They started last Friday. People have been coming out to see those. And, yeah, I mean, the people who watched New Mutants last night really enjoyed it. They did. And, of course, you know, Bill and Ted has its following. They were out for that oh. one last night as well. I'll be out to see that this weekend. Both of those movies I'll be out to see. Now, I haven't seen Unhinged because, as you know, I was laid up because of my surgery. But now, they uh, yesterday, they put me in a walking boot, and I can get around. So I will be at the Cabot VIP Cinema this weekend. I'm really looking forward to getting in uh, to see some, uh, some new material. And are you showing uh, a tenant on Monday night there as well? Of course, yes, yes. Absolutely. All right. Yes. So I need to get over and see that. Yes. Tenet all right. is Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night at all five locations at 7 o'clock. The tickets are on sale now on the websites. It starts its regular one run on Thursday, September 3rd, and it'll be on for matinees during the day that day. Um, yes. And, and Unhinged, I tell you, it is. Um, it starts and then boom. It's on fire all the way till the end. Boom. It okay, is good. Just it is, it is just fast-paced action. It never catches its breath. So, so yes, you, you, yes. you so, tell so me. So I know un, that. Unhinged is like that. Right. I mean, I know you like action pictures. You'll like that yep. film. So you tell me now. Uh, Unhinged came out last week. A lot of movie theaters still not open. Uh, more theaters opening this weekend or next weekend? 
most theaters will be open by next Friday, September the fourth. Okay, for um, Labor I, Day. I think I think uh, I think everybody that that plans to open will be open by September the fourth. Uh, I think there'll be theaters across the country that do not open. Um, I, there are several theaters out there now um, across the country that uh, you know have already thrown in the towel. They're not going to open back up. Um, I think you'll see that. Um, I've been hearing from some people that are you know hitting the eject button, getting out of the business, and then wow. um, you know I, I think there'll be theaters that open back up next Friday, September the fourth, that just aren't with us by next summer. You know, there'll be some that'll 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 get going again uh, on September the fourth, and just you know won't be around come Memorial Day. You know, uh, and and I think that's the way it's going to be for you know restaurants, bars, bowling alleys, uh, you know, a lot of retail stores, anybody that's in the uh, the, the the entertainment and people business. Well, you know, not just you, cinemas. Got to tell you what, uh, you know, Mayor De Blah 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 Blasio in New York City. He's putting businesses out of out of out of out of business forever with the way oh, yeah. he's been running that city. It's incredibly. Yeah, I, I, I was terrible. watching um, business news this morning, and they uh, had the stock ticker going at the bottom of the screen. They had the camera on Times Square, and right before I called you, and and um, um, you know at nine a.m. on a Friday, Times Square is empty in New York, just empty. Wow. So yeah, people hitting the ed- exit button. They're leaving New York. De Blasio is is ruining the ruining the city. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, that's that's really sad. All right, so uh, if you're going to a movie for this weekend, you're going to want uh, something to eat, like some hot popcorn. That if you walk into a VIP cinema, you're going to smell because that is absolutely a necessity at a VIP cinema. They are popping the popcorn because they know you love it, just like I love it. I. I get a big old bucket of it, and uh, I, I put butter and, and salt on it. Not the best thing for my health, but you got to live, and that's how I live, to be honest, is uh, with, with theater popcorn. So you, you tell me, uh, you got any specials going on? At your we do, FBF we do. Now, you know, we serve beer and wine, and we, are, we have a full food menu. Um, you know, chicken tenders, pizzas, um, just uh, anything, White Castle cheeseburger sliders, uh, you know, we have uh, key lime pie, chocolate peanut butter pie. We've got cheese sticks, just an extensive food menu. Go to any of the websites like Riverdale10.com and just, just click uh, menu, tasty treats, and check it out. But we've got a lot of cool discounts going on right now. We've got candy uh, for a dollar, uh, different candy flavors like Sprees and Gobstoppers and Starburst for a dollar. Uh, we are selling nachos for three dollars right now. Uh, yes, yes, we have uh, popcorn uh, every day. We've got a bag of popcorn for just five dollars. That's there one of go. our specials. Uh, on Wednesday, uh, you get a free bag of popcorn with every ticket purchase. So just walk in, buy a ticket. We're going to hand you a bag of popcorn on Wednesdays. So uh, that that's going on. That's our specials. You can go to the websites. Any of the websites. CerseiCinema.com, Riverdale10.com, HotSpringsVIP.com, uh, CabotVIPCinema.com, and, of course, OaksVIPCinema.com in Batesville. You can go to that website, and right there at the top you'll see um, 
concession specials, our welcome back concession specials, and just click on that to see all the stuff that each individual location has on sale. But, yes, steeply reduced prices and, and good concession deals for everyone. All right, so I want you to tell everybody something you said last week when you were on, but you said it at the very end of the show, and I don't know how many people caught it, and that is the 2020 bucket for popcorn at the VIP Cinemas is going to be good all the way through the end of next year. Did I hear that right? Yeah, we're just going to pretend that 2020 never happened. (laughs) That's a good thing. That's that's what we're going to do. We're going to just pretend like it didn't happen. It's a wash. It's like, you know, that night at spring break on the beach, you're trying to forget. That's what we're going to do with 2020. That's actually going to be the 2021 popcorn bucket. And that popcorn bucket is going to be valid until the end of next year. Currently, uh, we are not allowed to refill that bucket. Uh, That's why we're handing out free popcorn with every ticket purchase on Wednesday. At some point, we'll get to refill that bucket again. Uh, the, um, uh, The guidelines will allow us to do so, and you'll be able to use that bucket all the way through the end of next year. All right, that's fantastic. All right, you sit back, relax for a moment. Let me take a break. When we come back, we're going to run over that that uh, that whole slate of movies that are showing this weekend because new product is really coming into the theaters starting uh, this weekend. We'll tell you the movies that you should go out and enjoy. We'll talk about how people are still going to be able to practice their social distancing and all the rest. Matt Smith is our guest here on the Dave Ellswick Show. He He owns all the VIP cinemas in Hot Springs, over here in Little Rock, out in Cabot, in Searcy, and as far north and uh, northwest as Batesville. We'll talk to him more as we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM. Final segment on a Friday here in the 6 o'clock hour. We record this earlier in the day. So uh, Matt Smith is with me, and we're talking about movies. Now, what I'd like to do right now, uh, we're going on 7 o'clock in the evening. A lot of you are wondering what I'm going to do this evening for some fun. Well, let me tell you how to have fun. Go back to the movies. Go to the movie theater, see a movie tonight, have some popcorn, have, have some cheese sticks, have, have some nachos, have, have your favorite beverage, but go see a movie on the big screen. I, I'm not doing it tonight, but I will be at the Cabot VIP Cinema Saturday night, again on Sunday night, and probably again on Monday night, because I definitely want to see Tenet. On the big screen. I've been waiting for that movie with bated breath. I love Christopher Nolan. I think he's uh, one of the best directors in, in the world right now with, you know, Dunkirk and and Interstellar. And uh, he's done the Batman series from a few years back, the three Black Knight movies. And he did Memento and uh, Inception. I mean, just a great filmmaker that you don't want to miss his films because of what he does. So for the folks that are going out on dates tonight, uh, they're, uh, uh, Matt, what's the movies they should be lining up to see? We've got new stuff this week now. The new mu- movies this week, we've got Bill and Ted Face the Music, The Personal History of David Copperfield, The New Mutants, and Centigrade. All four of those films are brand new today, starting this Friday. Uh, we're holding over from last week, Unhinged with Russell Crowe, Words on Bathroom Walls, 
and Tesla. Those are held over from last week. And we've got some reissues of some classics. You can check these movies out for just $5. Uh, they're on the screen. We're playing Inception. We're playing Spider-Man Far From Home and Spider-Man Homecoming. You can check those three films out for just $5. Uh, catch us at Riverdale10.com. Uh, you can go in there and see all of the specials, uh, candy and uh, for a dollar, and uh, nachos for $3, and all the other discounted items that we have right there on the website. It's CerseiCinema.com in Cersei. Catch us at Hot Springs VIP Cinema in Hot Springs. And it's Cabot VIP Cinema in Cabot. And then up north in Batesville, of course, we are showing at oaksvipcinema.com. So, you know, be sure to check that out. Uh, I've got Sonic the Hedgehog playing for the kids for matinees this weekend uh, at the locations. Uh, those tickets are just $5. Uh, we got some variety out there to get you in, but we've got new titles. That's the important thing I want people to know. Yeah, I'm all excited about it. i got to tell you, it's it's been such a long summer because uh, – I mean, I know you've been open and you go see movies, but new product, finally, new product. And yes. uh, next year, it's just going to be so jam-packed. It's going to be it's going to be tough next year. I mean, there's going to be three and four movies, big movies, tentpole movies opening every weekend. It's going to be crazy. Next year looks strong. And, you know, of course, we've got Tenet. Tenet starts Monday night. You yes. get Tenet Monday night. That's a starting starting night at 7 o'clock at all of my locations, and those tickets are on sale now. That'll be the first big hit for this year. Big film. Well, when's Wonder Woman going to open? Have they pushed October it back to 21? Oh, but, okay, 14th. so it's coming in October. I, I know I've been seeing a lot of stuff out on uh, the Internet about it, and it looks fantastic. Yes, um... Next, let's see, on next week is Tenant on September the 11th. The Broken Hearts Gallery will be the new movie from Sony Pictures. Uh-huh. Uh, September 25th is Greenland with uh, Gerald Butler and, yeah. uh, from STX Studios. Uh, Wonder Woman will be um, October October 2nd. Wonder Woman 1984 is October 2nd. That's coming up. Um, so yes, there are there are definitely films in the pipeline. Uh, Death on the Nile is uh, slated for October uh, 9th, and the new Candyman film is October the 16th. Ooh, that's yes, a good yes. one. Yes, uh, Black Widow is uh, November 6th. There's a cool movie with Kevin Costner um, that is coming out called Let Him Go. That is going to be uh, November the 6th, and Diane Lane uh, stars in that film with Kevin Costner. Uh, looks really good. Um, and then uh, Soul, uh, which is the animated feature from Walt Disney, that film is going in November. Well, I tell you what, up. Yeah, the one that I saw that I'm really, because you know I'm, I'm into horror. I like horror movies, and... Uh, the one that I'm really kind of fired up about is uh, Come Play With Me. Not Come Play With Me. Come Play. Uh, Just okay. Come Play. That looks really, really intense. That looks like it's going to be a fun one. That's the one that, you know, you guys better be popping up twice as much popcorn. <laughs> well, I would have <laughs> thought you would want to see the new Candyman movie. Oh, I do want to see that. Yeah. I mean, uh 
Look, I like I like Jordan Peele. I think that uh, you know he gets a little heavy-handed on the, the race thing, but that's okay. I understand why. Uh, I'm enjoying his HBO series that's on right now, the Lovecraft uh, County. I've li- I'm I'm liking that. Think that it's really interesting. Although I will say that last week's episode, I'm still have no idea what it was about. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Well, speaking of television, do you watch Yellowstone? I do watch Yellowstone. It is a great movie. That's Paramount really hit it out of the park with that one. Absolutely, absolutely good. Good TV show, and um, I know um, uh, Epics has a new series called Britannia that is on uh, dealing with the Romans uh, in England. Did uh, they do? Great, they did series that I started. They did one season of that, and it was really good. But nobody knew what was going to happen, and now. Uh, they've picked it up, so um, I'll have to probably pick up uh, Epic so I can watch it. Matt, we're out of time. People need to go see a movie. Do it in Hot Springs, in Little Rock, in Cabot, in Searcy, out in Batesville. See a new movie this weekend. Have some popcorn. Enjoy yourselves. And, Matt, I'll talk to you next Friday. Thank you. Riverdale10.com. All right. Matt Smith here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Power panel back with me on Monday starting at 6 a.m. Have a great weekend.